0: Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Um, And Today I just want to talk about the truth about identity. The truth about our identity. When I say identity, I'm talking about what we see ourselves as or who we see ourselves as uh, or our inner idea uh, of, of who we are. We all have this sort of internal idea of who we are we may not be able to really verbalize it but you can tell by the people that you want to hang around with you can tell by the clothes that you want to wear the kind of lifestyle that you want to live um the the kind of people that you associate did i say that already i said that already i'm repeating myself you know you can tell your identity by a few external things right it's pretty easy to tell you can tell your identity by some of the things that May embarrass you from time to time, certain ways that people talk or some of the things that your friends talk about that you wish they wouldn 't talk about, or things like that we can tell our identity by a lot of things, but each one of us have this internal kind of almost like a, a set of coordinates right We have this internal set of coordinates that no matter how where life kind of tends to go and i t- oh, see i'm making i 'm using shipping uh, things uh, i 'm still thinking about uh, this, this uh, planning pineapples and expecting tomatoes I, I still they, I was thinking about I was thinking of a, what if you had a, 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 a Pine Pineapple uh, Anyway, it's this was, this was a mix of tomato. Anyway, I'm a little sick anyway, so uh, But but our, our identity is an internal set of coordinates people who are going to hear that on the recording what is he talking about? No matter where life takes us we kind of always find ourselves traveling towards our identity who knows what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. <coughs> Whether life has ups or downs or downs or ups, and who knows, it has ups and downs, right? Who knows what I'm talking about? If, if our identity is not set in its correct position, what tends to happen is, is, is oh, look at my, wow, thanks. Who's that beautiful? Are you married? <laughs> Gee, you're hot. <laughs> she is? Oh, I was going to ask you to marry me. <laughs> Too late, huh? Oh. For the recording, I'm talking to Rachel Waters, married to Ryan Waters. It was my wife. It's the only lady I talk to like that. <laughs> um, so, uh, where was I? We'll find ourselves in a position, if our, if our identity is not set in concrete, if we don't have our identity set, when the circumstances of life come, and get difficult and hard, the first thing that it will will go for is our identity and who we are. We'll start to look at who we are. So it's good, okay, if everybody has a good identity. I I think it's important that you all, you know, have a high self-esteem and, you know, you think good thoughts about yourself. And I think it's good to think positive sorts of things. I think they are all sorts of good things, right? Who agrees with me? That's all good. But let me tell you something, the devil knows something about you and me that we don't often give much credit to. The devil knows this, he knows that our experiences and our circumstances tend to shape lies about who we are or our identity. Our experiences and our circumstances, tend to, they, tend to, they tend to say something to us internally. When we're not sure about who we are or what we should be, about our identity and what the enemy does is he begins to put whispers he, he whispers he whispers in your ear when certain circumstances come your way and maybe sometimes these circumstances are repeating themselves maybe these things are, are, are things that people say about you based on who you are or based on your your current setup right now and who you are and what your life looks like that you know that it it, it, it you try to you know, remember what they taught you at school. I know they—I don't know if they taught the, this to you here and, but there was a saying in Australia. You know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but well, it was names will never hurt me. Well some I just heard some words, words, words will never harm, will never harm me. Well, that's even better. Okay, but the fact is, it's not true. It does harm us. It does. It does go down in the depths of our soul because we wonder. These things shape us and shape lies about our identity. You know, for a person who is maybe from a background where there is a broken marriage, they get this identity, they can end up with this identity of of being a divorcee. Or, or Or a single person who's been trying to make it work in relationships and they're reaching out and they're making themselves look amazing so that whenever they go out they're presenting themselves well and they're going out to social things and and it's but it's just not working out where they just it's just not working out for them their identity as well i'm just a i'm just a i'm just a single person Or, or a person who's struggling through some employment issues right now who may be walking through life and they had that great stuff happening but but since that finished and The next deal didn't come off and I'm just kind of stuck in between. And what does that say about me? What do people say about me? What do people say about who I am? These things, these circumstances, these experiences will affect our identity at the depths of our hearts. Failed projects. I mean, they're great for our our identity, stuff that we launched on into, we couldn't finish, or stuff that just didn't work out, and, you know, that person didn't get involved, or that person didn't sign off, and then all of a sudden, you're left with this big thing, maybe, maybe if you're in business, and there's been investments, where there's just been failure, where you've lost tons of money, people may, oh, you know, you know, they lost all of this, blah, 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 and you know that people talk about you, and it's like, it affects you in the depths of your identity even addictions addictions are a horrible thing (coughs) you know addictions are a horrible thing because that becomes a physiological problem that is self-condemning and and I, i i believe that god wants every person free of any addiction in their world and i believe there is power in the holy spirit even for even stuff like smoking i believe that there is power in the holy spirit to set have that come off you because it's fun at first right (laughs) <laughs> but after 20 years, it ain't so fun anymore when you've got to have that cigarette in the morning. It's not so fun anymore. And I, I feel grace for every person that struggles with smoking. I'm sorry for bringing it up because you're all going to be thinking about smoking after this, but, but if, you, if you're a smoker. But I believe this. You can begin to pray that God will set you free. Yes. Amen. You can begin to ask Jesus to set you free from that bondage yes. because it says something. I know in the depths of everyone's heart, it will say something to you about who you are and about your strengths. See, the devil knows that if he can put you through experiences and if he can shape your circumstances in such a way that you're going to begin to think things about yourself that are lies. And if these lies become the coordinates, For where you eventually head and where you eventually end up, no matter where you are in life, you are going to continue to end up in the same place because that's how you see yourselves. I want to ask you a question this morning. I want to ask you this. I want to ask you, what lies do you believe about yourself? What lies do you believe about yourself? Are they based on your imperfections? Are they based on what you can't do? Are they based on your disabilities to win in circumstances in your life when circumstances out of your control have happened? Are they what they are based on? If they are, I want to set you free with the Bible today. Anybody want to get set free with the Word of God today? Amen. <laughs> hey that's what this book's all about, man. That's why I read it every day. I start my day with this thing. Oh, praise God! Who's got a Bible? Who's got a Bible? You can hold that thing up and see some phones going up. I'm just seeing if anyone's got an iPhone X yet. I want it. <coughs> just kidding. I'm not. No, just, that just came into my brain. Okay, Hebrews chapter... But if you want to give me one, I'll take it. Uh, Hebrews chapter 3, verse... Uh, yeah, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7 through to 16. Is that what we've got? Oh, okay. If you, yeah, yeah, thanks. Hebrews chapter 3... Oh man, I can't find anything. Oh, there it is. It's okay. Rochelle is like the smartest amongst the other smart people that work that computer. And she will work it out. But I'm going to start from verse 7. So, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear His voice... Do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of the testing in the wilderness, where your ancestors tested and tried me, for, though for 40 years they saw what I did. That is why I was angry with that generation. I said, their hearts are always going astray, and they have not known my way. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful unbelieving just say that after me unbelieving i'm just underlying underlying underlining underlining that word unbelieving see that none of you brothers and sisters has an unbelieving heart that turns away from the living god but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today not sure when today is not called today Anyway, we're going to keep going, Paul. I'm not sure what you're talking about there. So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Okay, we have come to share in Christ. If indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end, as just has been said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Do not harden your hearts. Do not harden your hearts as you did did in the rebellion. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? Let me just well, let me just drop my Bible. Let me just uh, explain this to you. This scripture is written in reference to. You may have guessed it, but I'm just going to It's for everyone that's present. It's written to a church, a Hebrew church, okay, and 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 these guys, these guys are uh, uh, doing some things that Paul needs to bring up. The author of this book needs to bring up the Israelites. Who were the Israelites? Well, the Israelites went through Egypt, right? They were the Israelites who were slaves, enslaved in Egypt many, many years prior to this. And the author of this book is making reference to that. Why is he making reference to that? Well, they, they came out of Egypt. And God, by, by a miraculous set of events that you can read about in the Old Testament, brought them out of Egypt and brought them into where? Who knows? Into a desert, into a wilderness, into, a, into an experience, into a circumstance that wasn't so great, that was actually difficult, that was actually hard. They were slaves, they were slaves in Egypt. Now being a slave may be difficult and may be hard, There may be a moment where you don't know exactly what your future is, but the fact is you don't really have to know about what your future is because every day is the same when you're a slave. You get your little bowl of whatever they put in that bowl supplied for you. Probably some sort of dal, let's say dal, okay? It's just dal and rice, real simple, simple home food. (laughs) Just nice, simple home food, but it's like a little bit. Just enough to keep you going. No eggs, no, none of that, no, no, nothing, no, not too much protein, so you're skinny, you, you're kind of, but you're a worker. You're a, and, and you have the same set of work every day. You've got to pull that rock from there to there. And then you go home after you're exhausted, when the sun has gone down, and when all of the, the masters have gone for their rest, you go and rest, and you sit by the fire and let the night go, and then you go to sleep, and then you wake up. Life's easy as a slave. Life's easy as a slave. Let me tell you something. Sin is like this. Sin makes life easy because it presents just this kind of thing that you can do in order to kind of distract, to, to kind of like distract yourself from the reality that you're a slave to it. It's easy to stay in sin. <laughs> it's easy to stay in the stuff that God wants to bring you out of. But God's going to bring you into a circumstance and to an experience where the stuff that, that used to bring you comfort won't bring you comfort anymore. Because that won't be your identity anymore. See, Jesus had cha- God had changed the Israelites' identity. They had gone from slaves to free. But they believed that they were still slaves, so they continued to act like slaves out in the desert. But they were free. How did they know they were free? Well, God was providing for them. Now, their experience was pretty bad. Their circumstances were pretty bad. They're walking around in a desert, living in a tent all of a sudden. But God was providing. You've got to read the story. God was providing for them. But see, their identity based on their experience, based on their circumstances, caused them to not believe in God's provision. They didn't see it. So their identity was rooted in the fact that they thought they were still slaves and they never saw God's provision. Their experiences, their circumstances shaped their identity. That's why the author says in verse 12, he says, see to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Let me tell you something. When your experience and when your circumstances doesn't look the way you thought it should, it may not even look like the way you would ask God it to, to pan out. You may have asked God for things that haven't come yet. You may have sat before God and done all sorts of things to make God do what you want Him to do, and He hasn't. And your experience is making your heart harder day by day. Let me tell you, let me warn you. There were Israelites that were left out in the desert that never walked out into what God had for them based on their identity, based on the fact that they were letting their circumstances determine who they actually thought they were. Excuse me. Your circumstances... Your experience, your current reality right now, Christian, non-Christian, whoever you are, let me tell you something. If it is shaping your identity, it's time to step into freedom. It's time for you to walk into a place where you can actually walk free no matter what, no matter What may come, no matter what trouble may face you? The whole narrative of the Bible is all about this. I mean, you know the scripture, one of the most famous scriptures. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. You know it. You know it. Why do you know that scripture? Because it's been quoted so much. But people don't understand what that's about. That's talking about the Israelites walking through the valley of the shadow of death, they're out in the middle of a desert. But we walk through these things, we begin to question ourselves, we begin to wonder if we've got the goods, we begin to wonder if we, we're able, we begin to wonder if we're, we can do it, and, and, we, and, and the devil knows this. <coughs> we begin to see ourselves as our circumstances, and we get stuck. <coughs> oh, I'm a blithering mess today. Um, thanks for your patience, one sec. <coughs> it's hard to be a preacher and be sick. <clears throat> Thanks, Kate. Hey, yours was a good word. Who enjoyed Kate's word? <clears throat> so what do we need to do? What do we need to do? Okay, Ryan, I get it, I get it. Don't be shaped by your circumstances. Don't be, don't be, don't be shaped by your experiences. Well, it's quite simple. And I'm going to use a psalm to kind of explain what I'm about to tell you. I want you to turn to um, (coughs) Psalm chapter um, 121. Golly, this is going to sound so funny on the recording. Sniffing. Sorry, Simon. I don't know if you can edit that out. (laughs) If you can just... Simon, just uh, edit me out uh, those sniffs. Every sniff, I want you to just... Uh, <laughs> Beep. <laughs> okay, the dog barking. That's uh, let's let's put a let's put a person trying to plant a uh, pineapple <laughs> and expect a tomato tree. <laughs> Psalm one hundred and twenty-one. I just made a joke, Gora. You do did, did you. <laughs> You didn't catch it. You, you have been so, you've been studious looking at your Bible. I'm making jokes. Sorry. Excuse me. I'm just thinking about that pineapple tree. The pineapple t- pin- tree. Psalm 121. It was a good word. It was a good word, man. It was a good word. And your tyres message was awesome, dude. I loved it. Yeah, come on. Psalm 121. I lift my eyes to the mountains. I want you to just hear this. I lift my eyes to the mountains. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? Where does my help come from? Oh, thanks. Okay, i got to blow my nose. It's just getting crazy. (laughs) That's a big joke. I don't know what to do with this now. Stuck with this Yeah, I'm going to put it under this chair. It's under the chair. Don't touch it. Ah, see? Oh, do you want me to put it in your coffee? There you are. You can have it. Yeah. <laughs> Be my guest. Okay. My help, my help, comes from the Lord, the Maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He he who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. I love that. Even though you're going to go through the harshest of sunlight, you know when you get out in the sun and you haven't worn a hat? First-time visitors to Australia. We, us Australians, we used to laugh because it was a bit cruel. But you could see when people have just gotten off the boat and they don't realise, do they, Claire, how harsh the sun is in Australia and how burnt they're going to be when they get back home and how they're going to be lying on their bed going like this, oh, from sunstroke. It's, it's the worst. Okay, If you ever, anyone wants to visit Australia... Wear a hat when you're outside. It takes about five minutes and you are burnt, okay? And uh, the, the, the Brits are the worst. They're the funniest ones because they end up looking like lobsters, okay? <laughs> Sweaty lobsters <clears throat> because the sun is so hot. But it's what this is saying. It's saying the sun will not harm you by day. Where do you get the harshest of sunlight? What's he talking about? He's talking about the desert. He's, he's making reference to the Israelites coming out of Egypt, the sun will not harm you by day, nor will the moon by night. So the hottest and harshest environment is not going to affect you. Nor is the darkest and deepest things that you go through that you, that you can't see the light through, nor are they going to affect you. Because the Lord watches over you. The Lord will keep you from all harm. The Lord will keep you from all you can say it if you like, the Lord will keep you from all? He'll watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Now, now, here's the interesting thing about this psalm and uh, the one before it, up until about Psalm 134. So between Psalm 120 and Psalm 134, that's the numbers of the Psalms. These Psalms are called the Songs of Ascent. The Songs of Ascent. Okay? They're, they're, particu- they're written about a particular thing. Look, at, I want you to see this in, in Psalm 123, verse 1. It says, again, it says, I lift my eyes to you, to you who sits enthroned in heaven. These, these songs, okay, they're associated with going up they're all associated with going up with looking up and going up and they were sung actually by pilgrims making their way to Jerusalem which was located in a mountainous area this is what who these were, these were songs sung by pilgrims and, and these pilgrims, what were they doing? They were, they were going to, uh, for, uh, on a pilgrimage for a feast that they did every year called the Feast of Tabernacles. What did they celebrate in the Feast of Tabernacles? Well, in the, in the Feast of Tabernacles, they, they celebrated the end of harvest. Okay? It was, a, it was an end of season kind of celebration. And also, in that, they would remember in the Feast of Tabernacles, the provision that God actually gave the Israelites in the wilderness. That's what the Feast of Tabernacles was. And all through these these Psalms, if you go through them, you'll see this theme of looking up, going up. Jerusalem's in the mountain. There's something symbolic about this. See, I want you to hear this. See, where God, I want you to hear this. you got to hear this. Where God is taking you is up and out. And let me tell you something. Anybody here ever climbed a mountain? You ever climbed a mountain? Was it easy? It's not easy. (coughs) What do you do when you're climbing a mountain? Do you look behind you? Do you look down? Do you look up? Listen to me. If you want to go up to where God is calling you, if you want to go up to what He has for you, if you feel that you need to break through that your current circumstance it feels like you're just constantly walking uphill you know what it is because you are walking uphill if you constantly if you think it's hard it's because it's hard if you think it's difficult it's because it's difficult but you aren't following christ because you want an easy life you're following christ because you want to live for what he has created you for and let me tell you something, as you're walking up the mountain, where your eyes are fixed is going to determine where you go. And if your eyes are fixed on the fact that you're climbing up a mountain, that your circumstances are hard, that your day and the sun is harsh and the night is cold and you're alone, if your eyes are constantly fixed on your experience, on your circumstance, that's where you're going to stay. You aren't going to make it up the mountain. You've got to lift your eyes. Yeah, come on, you can clap, you can clap. You've got to lift your eyes. Lift your eyes. Just lift your eyes. Where does your help come from? Oh, no, I'm not, I don't know if God will help me. I don't know if God will help me. You're thinking like a slave. You're thinking like a slave. You're not thinking like a son. You're not thinking like a daughter of the Most High God who gave everything so that you could have life. I love this Feast of Tabernacles because they would go up to the mountain, no matter what their season was, whether they had a bad season or a good season, every year they would go up and they would celebrate. Why would they celebrate two things? Why wouldn't they just celebrate God's provision? Because in the years. When it was difficult and the harvest was bad, they remembered the time when God had provided for them. Listen to me. You've got to remember the moments where God has seen you through. Sometimes you need to remind yourself of those things. Sometimes you've got to go back and look at the things that God has done. Sometimes they're going to be the only things that you can sort of physically hold on to. I remember when God provided me. I know he did it. That's what they would do. That's going to help you climb up the mountain. Lift your eyes. Remember what God has done. Lift your eyes. Remember what God has done. Lift your eyes. Where does your help come from? Where does your help come from? No matter the season. No matter the experience. No matter the circumstance. Your identity is set in the fact that you are a son. That you are a daughter of the Most High God who is looking out for His own. And that's you. Let's close with Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 to 16. And uh, shakes, come on, we're going we're gonna to do Lion and the Lamb. You can get that song ready, my friend, because I love that song. And it's, it's about what we're talking about. Hebrews chapter 4. I just want to give you an encouragement out of the Scripture. Why don't you stand up? God's good, man. I'm, I'm still preaching, and I'm as sick as a dog, and I reckon this is a great word. I'm just so encouraged by this. Praise God. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has... What's that word? What are we singing? The song of ascents. We're singing a song as we're walking up to someone who has already gone before us and made a way for us. And he sent us the Holy Spirit who is our helper. Therefore, we have this great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly. Let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to feel sympathy for our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then, let us then, approach. God's throne. Where's God's throne? Where's God's throne? Is it down? You're climbing a mountain. You're ascending. There's someone here going up. And you can feel the resistance. You can feel the burn in your, high, in your, in your, in your thighs. You can feel it. You don't know if you can go anymore. You can feel the dryness in the back of your throat and the, and the lack of water and the lack of whatever it is that you need. <laughs> you can feel it. You can feel the resistance. But let us then approach the throne with confidence, knowing that there was one who did it and he simply asked us to follow. He died. It killed him. They put him on a cross. He bled. He was whipped. He was beaten for us to show what a son of the Most High God would do for his brothers and sisters. That's you and I. And he was killed. His breath left him. They put him in a tomb, but he rose again. He wasn't in the tomb. You can go visit Jerusalem now. You'll see an empty tomb tomb which they've never been able to explain because he rose again and he ascended on our behalf and said come Follow me, and yes, the suffering will be there. Yes, there will be moments where you won't know if you'll be able, you'll be able to walk through what God is bringing you through. But let me tell you something: as you ascend, He is going to empower you. He is going to provide for you. He's going to put people around you. He's going to put financial provision there for you. He's going to put, he's going to put the right circumstances. He's going to put the right things. And if you, if you, for a moment, take your eyes off Him. And look at the darkness and look at the stuff of this world and look at all the things that are going wrong. You're going to lose your identity and you're going to start to question who you are. But God didn't die so you could question your circumstances. He died so you could have life and life more abundantly. I said life more abundantly. I want to speak into your soul today, this morning. God wants you to have life in abundance. So stop looking the experience, stop looking at the circumstances and look at one thing your coordinates your destination the throne room of God the almighty king who we swear allegiance to who we follow that is my address that is my address my address is not Turner Road my address Is the throne room. That is where I'm heading. And everything I pass through on the way, wherever God leads me, I'm telling you, I'll just walk on through that. Whether it be great circumstances or bad circumstances, who cares? Because my home is not here. It's up there. What's your postal address? Come on. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need, amen. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3 Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 AM Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.